0: You're listening to The People's Podcast. You can't say you" to your granddaughter. I just did, Morty. Here's dessert. F*** you. This is
1: JSC Radio. Don't hate the player, hate the game, son. Here is the American dream, Dusty Rhodes. And Dusty, your fans, welcome you back, man. First of all, I would like to thank the many, many fans throughout this country, that wrote, cards and letter to Dusty Rose the American Dream, while I was down. Secondly, I want to thank Jim Crockett Promotions for waiting and taking the time because I know how important it was. Starcade 85, it is to the wrestling fans, it is to Jim Crockett Promotions. And Dusty Rose the American Dream, with that weight, got what I wanted. Ric Flair, the world's heavyweight champion! I don't have to say a lot more about the way I feel about Ric Flair. No respect, no honor. There is no honor among thieves in the first place. He put hard times on Dusty Rhodes in his family. You don't know what hard times are, Daddy.
0: You're listening to The People's Podcast. This is JSC Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, guess who's back? My name is J. Scott Smith, and I've come through a lot of hard times, baby. This is the long-awaited 93rd episode of the People's Podcast. This is JSC Radio. Hey now, J. Scott Smith here. Back a lot later than I expected to be. But damn it, welcome back once again, my friends, to the podcast that never ends. This is JSC Radio first one of the month of February. I didn't plan on this being the first one of the month of February, Planned on this being the second one of the month of January. But it turns out things happen, things change. Life has tended to happen a little bit to me. And I will get into that in the first part of of this episode. First off, I wanna thank everybody who has supported me. Really, that's what this first segment is. I wanna thank you if you're checking this show out whether it's on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, on SoundCloud or Stitcher, on the TuneIn app, on iHeartRadio, on CastBox, and of course, on the Spotify. Don't forget AudioBoom. Shout out to the people who support me on Patreon. Patreon.com slash JSCRadio. To those of you who check me out all the time religiously on the social medias, You can follow me at J. Scott Smith, J-A-Y-S-C-O-2-T's, S-M-I-T-H. You can follow me, or should I say you can follow the show on Twitter, at J-S-C-Radio. You can also get at me on Instagram, at J. Scott Smith. Not verified on there, and I'm going to keep battling Instagram to get me verified on the damn site. You're going to stop denying me one of these days. Making up your little phony criteria for why you can't. You know you can. Stop BSing, man. I want to shout out my man, Doc Hillingsworth. Shout out Awesome Jones, whose track you heard underneath you as we came in here. I want to shout out to the late, great Dusty Rhodes. Because anybody who knows me and has been following this podcast and its intermittent delays and everything else, y'all know I was dealing with some hard times. And... That's what this is gonna be. This is this I mean, you see the title of the podcast, for example. This is uh is what this for at least this this sad, this whole thing is gonna be about. Is uh it's gonna be about talking about some hard times. I have alluded to it, and anybody who knows me knows that this last year, last calendar year, has been the stuff of nightmares for me. Starting with losing a job on February twelfth of 2018. And it just started this kind of spiral. It's the best way I can describe it. Kind of a downward spiral that I tried to fight and I tried to battle. And uh, it got it got pretty tough. It really did. I mean, you got to think about what happens when you lose a job. A job that's largely sustained you. A job that kind of became a bit of your identity over three years. But it was also a place you weren't happy and you weren't fulfilled and you were treated a certain type of way. And to have it done to you in a really disgraceful manner, it's not the, uh, not the ideal thing. And it sets off this chain of events that causes you to effectively lose damn near everything. It was bad around here. and Those of you who follow me on social media and who know me, Know how bad it got. I basically was like knocking on the door of being out on the street as recently as two months ago. People who I thought really cared about me, people who claimed they loved me, people who claimed they had my back, had my best interest, they bailed, gave up on me. I wasn't worth the effort, I wasn't worth the time, I wasn't worth the energy, and they just left. I had tough nights. I had a lot of those intermittent points where it took a while in between these episodes. I wasn't as much trying to figure out whether or not I was going to be able to do another podcast. I was trying to figure out how I was going to get through another 24 hours. It's uh, It was tough. There was a point in late November where, and oddly I have this weird gallows humor where I can kind of laugh about this now, but there was a point in like early to mid-November where, I said to myself, if only this rack in my closet wasn't so low, even though I don't think it would be able to hold me anyway. I fought like hell for a year to survive through freelance gigs and through fundraisers and through one-off stuff that got me paid and unemployment that got sandbagged. For a little while. This last year was the the epitome of hard times, as Dusty was telling you. It's um it's a testament to my resilience. And yes, I'm gonna take a second to put myself over here that I'm still sitting here right now. But it's also a testament to those of you who those of you it's not like I'm from New York, those of you who had my back. The ones who did stick around or the new ones who came in or the people who kind of came out of left field that I never expected to hear from. It's never about the people who smile on your face every day and claim they love you. It's the ones who pop up out of nowhere and show it. And I've I'm really grateful for that. I I dragged my way through some of these episodes. You probably couldn't tell in some of them because they were really good, but I was also uplifted by a lot of them. Because quite honestly, like the episodes I did with Brittany and with uh, Jennifer Caudle and with Marion Brooks and with uh, with Michelle and 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 Melissa, that that kept me moving, man. The listeners who checked in and chimed in, the love I got for some of the things I talked about, and then that brought us to. Last month into January where things had started to turn, things had started to get better. And anybody who's been following me knows things have gotten a lot better for me. I've started teaching, started teaching the teaching the babies. Well, they're not babies. They're actually grown. They're they're pretty much grown ass adults. They're just young and they need a lot of work. But they're dope kids and they're the future. And I believe in every one of them. And I tell them that straight up. I believe in every one of them. Because this is a world and a society and a system that's set up to treat kids and young adults who look like them like they're nothing. And when they think they're something, the society tries to beat that out of them and beat them down. I'm here to build you up. And those of you who might be listening, just because I'm here to build you up, I'm not going to give you a free pass. Earlier this week, I started a, started a new gig at a new station here in Philadelphia. Not gonna tell you what it is on air. No other reason because but that's how it rolls. Didn't talk about the last place on there, did not gonna talk about this one either. But they know who they are. And oddly enough, it was this podcast that helped get me through the door there. But it also was somebody taking a chance on a commodity who has the ability, has the talent apparently the resilience but never got the opportunity to really show it and he took a flyer on me when he could have just easily tossed my narrow ass onto the pile like everybody else basically did for the last year you know how many times i applied for jobs and just got the stale standard while your i don't know what what's up with this line while your experience is very interesting what the hell does that mean interesting decided to go in another direction and these aren't for like jobs that are all looking at someone of my experience more 15 years i'm talking about like entry-level gigs that see my experience and say while your experience is interesting and impressive we've decided to go another direction being interviewed for multiple jobs seemingly getting right to the borderline of getting across and kind of getting restarted and then all of a sudden I either get ghosted or I get the we've decided to go in another direction. But this has been a nightmare of a year. And for it to have finally flipped in the other direction, albeit gradually, which is probably what I needed. And I think when we talk about going through hard times, baby, as as Dusty was talking about in the promo there. We have to understand that hard times don't last forever. Hard times last as long as we allow them to last. Hard times allow us to wallow. It allows us to live in our suffering. But hard times only last as long as you allow it. I allowed hard times to dominate my life for a fair amount of 2018. I allowed hard times to make me feel like I wasn't worth a damn thing. I allowed hard times to alienate me from friends of mine, from family members, from people that really cared about me. I allowed hard times to dominate my life and drag me into an abyss. I allowed hard times to dictate to me who I was. I allowed hard times to make me feel as if I was worth nothing. I allowed hard times to nearly let me end it all one night in late November, but I refuse to let hard times continue to drag me down. I refuse to let hard times continue to dominate and own my life, own my mind, own my psyche. Hard times last, but they don't last forever. And if you're going through hard times, there is a light at the end of the tunnel and no, it is not an oncoming train. That light at the end of the tunnel can be reached, but it takes a lot of work, and you're going to eat a lot of crap, and you're going to fight a lot of I'm gonna, You're going to have a lot of tough nights. I had a lot of tough, sleepless nights. I had a lot of nights where I didn't want to wake up the next day because I knew where my reality was. Doing this podcast has been a, has, has been one of the things that has gotten me through. Teaching is one of those things that gets me through the day, gets me through a week. Plus, it pays. Talking to y'all, being able to hear your stories helps me a ton. And being on the microphone again will help a ton too. So to those of you who have supported this podcast for the last three years, for those of you who have supported me in particular for the last year, and at times I don't feel I've really deserved some of the support and some of the love you guys have shown me, but you know what? I'm thankful for it, all of it every little bit of it. And I don't know what I would do without so many of you who rallied for me, who have checked on me, who have hit me up and who have shown all sorts of love and congratulations, especially over the last month where I've had a couple of really cool things come through. And I appreciate that. And I'm thankful for that. And that I was able to battle through these hard time blues and make it back to the finish line here. I'm not quite across it yet. I'm almost there. And for those of you who have supported me and supported this podcast and I've done all I can do and I get on this microphone as often as I can to try to keep up with it, to try to continue to give you what you wanted, my goal was always to do this podcast and to make you feel like you connected with me in some way and I was able to bring you some really cool interviews and talk about really cool things and have a whole lot of fun and just try to change the pace of things in a podcast that I could never fully describe exactly what the hell this podcast is and I've gotten to 93 episodes and I guess the only thing I have left to say is
1: it ain't over it ain't over the party's not over come on
0: you knew damn well I wasn't gonna end this podcast all together like that come on now coming up in the second half of this show coming up after this break it's been a month and a lot of Just weird has happened in the world of sports and in society. And we're going to do a lightning round to catch us up to speed because the road to 100 episodes starts again right now. My name is Jay Scott Smith, and this is the 93rd episode, Episodia 93 of the People's Podcast. This is Jay. S C radio thank y'all for helping me get through these hard times man I appreciate all of you we'll be back with part 2 after this
1: I'm going to reach out right now I want you at home to know my hand is touching your hand for this gathering of the biggest body of people in this country in this universe all over the world now reach it out because the love that was given me and this time I will repay you now because I will be the next world's heavyweight champion on this hard time blues. One way to hurt Ric Flair is to take what he cherishes more than anything in the world. That's the world's heavyweight title. I'm gonna take it, I've been there twice. This time when I take it, daddy, I'm gonna take it for you. Let's gather for it. Don't let me down now. Cause I came back for you. I'm proud of you and thank God I have you. And I love you. Love you!
0: You're listening to The People's Podcast. Have you ever been unemployed? Were you nervous, man? All right. This is JSC
1: Radio. So, you know, I'm a dog. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org.
0: Hey now, it's Jay Scott Smith here, the host of JSC Radio, which you can now hear on Stitcher Radio. That's right. Stitcher is radio on demand. Now, you can download the free app today, and it's available on iOS, Android, as well as Nook and Kindle Fire. You can take JSC Radio anywhere. The app is free. You can listen anytime, anywhere. Now, if you're wondering what Stitcher is, Stitcher is an award-winning free app that lets you listen to all of your favorite shows, plus discover 40,000 news, entertainment, and sports shows such as JSC Radio. You can create a custom playlists. You can rate and review this show and others on Stitcher. Please drop a friendly review on the show. Not only is Stitcher available on all smartphones and tablets, it's also in over 4 million card dashboards. It's on-demand and on the go. No downloading, no syncing, no wasted memory on any of your devices. You can stream your favorite podcasts, like JSC Radio, for free on Stitcher. If you don't have the Stitcher app, simple. Go to Stitcher.com today or check out the App Store on whichever device you use. Stitcher Radio, be sure to check it out. You're listening to The People's Podcast.
1: So put that in your pipe and smoke it.
0: This is Jay. S C radio.
1: Second and three. Down the field. Goal. Warkowski it. Goal. goal. Running it for the touchdown. Sony Michelle. Well, you know they're taking shots down the field now. Blitz to the end zone. And it's intercepted at the three-yard line. Gilmore jumps up and grabs it. We're used to seeing them close out with the first down or two. City is the tailback and the ball carrier. Is going to become the oldest coach supplanting Tom Coughlin, who was 65 when he beat the Patriots in Super Bowl 46. and there it is. The dynasty continues.
0: You're listening to The People's Podcast. This is JSC Radio. So I just gave you every interesting part of that Super Bowl and managed to do so inside Of 90 seconds. This is the 93rd episode of the People's Podcast. This is JSC Radio. Welcome back. J. Scott Smith here. Want to thank each and every one of y'all for supporting this show across all the different podcast providers Apple Podcasts, iTunes, on SoundCloud and Stitcher, on Google Play and TuneIn, on Castbox and Audio Boom and iHeartRadio, and of course, on the Spotify and everywhere else you get your damn podcast. Remember to follow the show on Twitter at JSC Radio. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Jscottsmith. That's J-A-Y-S-C-O-2-T-S-M-I-T-H. I want to thank y'all again, as always, for all your support and all your love on the show. Be sure to hit up the Patreon page, patreon.com slash JSC Radio. Big up to my man, Doc Gillingsworth. Soon to be Dad Illingsworth out here. Congratulations, big man. Of course, that music you heard underneath you, Mock Punch from You're No Fun. Be sure to hit him up on Twitch, by the way. Twitch TV. Look for Illingsworth on Twitch. This dude is usually playing Tekken. He's a, he's a big gamer and I've still maintained whenever I can get back to Detroit, I'm jumping on the sticks with him. So he better leave at least a little room open for an old man who still got it. And another old man who still got it. Unfortunately, is Tom Brady. So it's been a month. And I've been trying to play catch up and figure out what sort of things you can talk about in this amount of time. And I can go on and on about the NBA and i will as we go through the spring here i just i just can't right now go on and on about the nba and how lebron has become a tampering troll and the trade deadline i could talk about how much of a dumpster fire the detroit pistons are how the top of the eastern conference has turned into a fist fight to decide who's going to face the golden state warriors and get their head kicked in in the nba finals i could talk about how it seems to be the state of Virginia or the Commonwealth of Virginia, if you will, just can't seem to stay out of trouble. I will make this simple PSA here and maybe down the line. we'll talk about this a little bit more in depth in another episode, but stop doing Blackface. Stop it. Blackface is racist. Full stop. There ain't no but. There ain't no context. There isn't a but we're just we just want to dress up as someone. Perfect example. Of being able to dress up with someone as someone, quote unquote, cosplay, if you will, on Instagram, I follow WWE superstar Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks is African American. She's black. She's got wild purple hair. She's super cute, and people cosplay as her all the time. White girls, black girls, Asian girls. Latinas men they all managed to cosplay as Sasha Banks and some of them do an extremely good job of it I've seen plenty of young ladies little little girls high school girls college girls grown women cosplay as Sasha Banks and none of them managed to put on blackface so stop it full stop it's racist that's racist the confederate flag is racist Anything that you think might be racist is probably very racist. The Commonwealth of Virginia, stop it. How can you have the top three guys in state government out here? You know what? That, that's a whole other show altogether. I'm going the sports direction, and I'm going in the direction of football since football season ended. With all due respect to the Alliance of American Football and the XFL and the USFL and the CFL and and, and, and Madden 2019 Football season ended with a thud in Atlanta last Sunday. That was the worst Super Bowl I've ever seen, at least in my lifetime. And yes, I know the old fogies are trying to tell me that Super Bowl Nine was worse. I wasn't alive for Super Bowl Nine. I wasn't. I was alive for Super Bowl Fifty Three, And that game was basura. That game was hot garbage between two teams that I expected a lot more from. But the New England Patriots, a year after getting pretty much snuffed out by the Philadelphia Eagles, who, you know, I'll get to them in a second, by the Philadelphia Eagles, they get back in the Super Bowl and score a paltry 13 points and win the Super Bowl. 13-3. Like I just said, you heard all the interesting parts of the Super Bowl in the intro coming out of the break in just 90 seconds. Bruh, that was the worst Super Bowl I've ever seen. I kept waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting on that thing to get into second and third gear, and it never ba- it never got out of first gear. That touchdown that the Patriots scored on the one drive that resembled an NFL team driving up the field the entire night was it. Sonny Michelle punches it in from two yards out, and he comes full circle inside of a year. He was standing in the Georgia Dome a year ago when Tua to Tagovailoa through the walk-off touchdown pass in the national championship game for Alabama, he was on the sideline for Georgia watching it happen, comes back a little more than a year later, wins the Super Bowl in the Georgia Dome. That New England Patriot team wins the Super Bowl, and they are by far the worst Patriot team to do it. That Patriot team was worse than the Patriot team that got stomped out by the Packers in 1996. That Patriot team is worse than the Patriot team that got stomped out by the Bears in Super Bowl 20. And they were worse than all of the other five Patriot champions. But yet somehow they did that. Like last year's Patriots would have steamrolled the Rams. Last year's Eagles would have steamrolled these Patriots. This year's Eagles would have steamrolled these Patriots. But it's all about who you play. And it's 13-3. The New England Patriots are maybe the most disgusting yet awesome dynasty in the history of American professional sports. Can't stand them. Hate them. They're annoying. They're obnoxious. And they just played in a Super Bowl that wasn't even worth me putting the effort in to actually create a cool little Super Bowl montage like I've done the last two years. When Atlanta gagged the 28-3 lead two years ago and introduced us to this.
1: New England. New England. New England.
0: (laughs) And then last year, that amazing shootout between the Eagles and Pats That came down to a Hail Mary that fell short in the end zone, and the Eagles ended up winning the Super Bowl, and the city of Philadelphia lost its damn mind in the process, rightfully. So the Patriots win their sixth Super Bowl in franchise history. All six have come since 2001, the 2001 season. In 18 calendar years, they've won six championships. They have matched what the Pittsburgh Steelers have done in 40, 50-plus years. They did it in under 20. On average, once every three years, the Patriots win the Super Bowl. On average, once every two years, they're in the damn Super Bowl. Essentially, if you're not from the NFC East, if you are not if you are not either the New York Giants or the Philadelphia Eagles, you're not beating them in a Super Bowl. They've been to the Super Bowl nine times in 18 years. nine times. There are franchises that have not won nine playoff games in their history. They've played in nine Super Bowls in 18 years, 11 total. It is insane what they're doing. It is gross. But at the same time, I slightly dig it. This must be what it was like if you, were, if you were somebody who was dealing with the Boston Celtics in the 1960s. I can tell you this was what it was like in the 1980s when the Lakers joined the party until the Pistons came in and snuffed both of them out. That's right, I said it. Snuffed them both out. This is what it was like in the 90s when the Bulls went 6-for-6 six six and 6-8 six years with Jordan. It's mind-blowing. And the Patriots, they are highly unlikable. They are gross. They do have that ridiculously spoiled, obnoxious Boston fan base all over them. They're disgusting. They're horrid. Tom Brady, out here defying age and logic, has gone from the golden boy baby face of the NFL to the old grizzled veteran heel and he's won on both sides of that ledger. Are you kidding me? Tom Brady, who it's interesting that Jim Harbaugh says that he wants the University of Michigan to build Tom Brady a statue, to which I quipped on Twitter, at J. Scott Smith, that maybe when they're building that statue, they need to also build a statue of Lloyd Carr sending Drew Henson into the game because he was platooning him. Michigan is really going to try to co-opt And take credit for Brady's success despite the fact that they didn't believe in him themselves when he was the quarterback there. That Lloyd Carr was behind the scenes burying Tom Brady to NFL scouts. And that's part of the reason, aside from the fact that he ran like a a five-minute 40-yard dash, that he didn't end up going until the sixth round. That means the Detroit Lions could have selected him at any time in those first five rounds, but I, I digress. This thing with the Patriots... However, they sold, whether it's Belichick or Brady or both of them, sold their soul to the friggin' devil to get where they are. It's gross. But at the same time, I kind of like it. Because I'm not going to be the hypocrite who gets on here and says, I love what the Golden State Warriors have become. But I'm going to sit here and crap all over the New England Patriots for effectively being the same thing. I can't do it. Patriots are effectively the Warriors on steroids. They're, they're creeping up in that Boston Celtic territory, that Los Angeles Laker, New York Yankee territory of just racking up championships. Because effectively, they are the Yankees. They are the Red Sox. They are the Lakers. They are the Celtics. It's just that they don't really have, unless you want to count the Giants, but the Giants have won those two Super Bowls and all the other times, they don't even make the playoffs. It's like once they get there, they manage to find the Patriots and choke them out. But they can't get there to do it anymore. The Los Angeles Rams sure as hell weren't ready. They weren't ready for prime time at all. Sean McVay looked overmatched from the second that game was kicked off. He looked like he didn't want to be there. The Rams, as good of a team as they were, looked like they didn't belong there. And look here, New Orleans Saints fans, I know what you're thinking oh well they didn't belong there no way because they stole the game from us because the zebras they they made that terrible call you mean this call right here
1: quick snap breeze Pass is incomplete no flag for tommy lee lewis niquel roby coleman delivered a hit and the two officials talked to each other Crowd's going crazy as there's no flag right on the Saints' sideline. Well, if Nikkel Roby Coleman plays the ball, it's an interception. It's probably going the other way with it. I mean, the ball's on the other side of Roby Coleman. and But that should have been a penalty. And, you, and John Payton is, is justifiably upset. Mike Pereira, if that was a penalty, that would have in essence ended the game. Did you think it was a penalty? Yeah, I really do. I know it's easy in slow motion. They're close to bang bang, but that was early enough. Even high contact. Clearly contact before the ball got there. Yeah, he he had. I mean, he all he was doing was was staring down Lewis and just playing the man and never got turned on. I mean, it's it's it can't be any more obvious than that.
0: Oh, understand. That was one of the most egregious no-calls I've ever seen at any level of football. It's one of the most egregious no-calls ever, ever in a game of that magnitude that was so badly missed, that was so off-base, that was so awful. It came with one minute, 45 seconds to play in the ball game in a 20-20 tie. And the Saints were knocking on the doorstep of a touchdown that could have ended the damn thing. They ended up settling for the field goal. The Rams went down, answered, tied it. But that call was horrendous. Horrendous. That wasn't as much pass interference as it was a felony. That's a 15-yard helmet to helmet they could have called, plus the pass interference, plus illegal contact. Take your pick. The Zebras didn't call anything. That call was horrendously egregious. The Zebras absolutely blew that damn call. Will not argue that. The New Orleans Saints blew that damn game. Notice I said it was 20-20 with a minute 45 left. At one point in that game, the Saints were up 13-0, and you can make the argument that they should have been up 21. They were up 13-0, had the ball at one point. And the Rams came back. The Rams used some of their trickery on them, came back, tied the game. So you're now late in this game. You're knocking on the doorstep with with your Hall of Fame quarterback. Drew Brees, the guy that Matt Millen felt wasn't good enough to quarterback the Detroit Lions and instead chose John Kitna. Drew Brees, who's already won a Super Bowl, should have won maybe at least one more, if not for the beast quake in Seattle. They could have easily repeated. You have a Hall of Fame quarterback in Drew Brees. You have that awful call. They settle for the field goal. They go up 23-20 with a minute and a half left. What happens? Rams go right down the field and tie it. Forced overtime. In New Orleans, NFC Championship game, and just like 2009, Saints got the ball first. Saints won the toss. Now, mind you, they were up 13. Blew that. Took a three-point lead late. Gave that up. Couldn't get off the field. They get the ball to start OT. They get the ball to start overtime. At home, in the Dome, every possible advantage with your Hall of Fame quarterback at the helm. What happens? They get to midfield. He gets panicked. He gets rushed. He throws up a duck that looked eerily similar to many a duck Matthew Stafford has thrown in the air for the Detroit Lions. And it got picked off by the Rams. The Rams did what you're supposed to do in overtime. You do anything you can to get the ball back. Don't give me this crap about, it's unfair, it's unfair, the offense doesn't get the ball. If they go down and score a touchdown, it's not fair. Life ain't fair. It's not supposed to be fair. If you can't get off the field, if you can't get that ball back, if you cannot play defense for one series in overtime and get the ball back or force a field goal, you don't deserve to get the ball. You deserve to lose. Oh, let's change overtime. Let's change overtime rules. I'm all for changing the overtime rules back to sudden death where you have to keep them from scoring, period. You can't even give up up a field goal, which I saw numerous times teams managed to be able to get their ass off the field without giving up a field goal, without giving up a touchdown, or in the Rams' case, forcing a turnover. I've seen the Detroit Lions lose overtime games on a pick six. All you got to do is get the ball back. That's what the Rams did. They got the ball back and Greg Zerline kicked maybe the longest game-ending Super Bowl-clinching field goal in NFL history. And they got out of New Orleans with a win. Period. Period. The refs absolutely beefed and blew that call. You are not going to get me to agree that that was a good call. It was an awful call. It was horrid. How do you miss that? As as a Detroit Lions fan who watched a pass interference flag that would have effectively put the Lions in the driver's seat to win their second playoff game in 60 years, get magically picked up with no explanation five years ago in Dallas, I can feel for you on that aspect. The difference is the Lions didn't get a second chance in overtime to rectify the situation. The Saints got the chance at home with their Hall of Fame quarterback, and they blew it. They effing blew it. The refs blew the call. The Saints blew the game. So they can sit there and have their little demonstrations and foolishly trying to go to court to force them to put the teams back on the field and restart the game and give us the win and send us the Super Bowl. I'm kind of embarrassed for New Orleans Saints fans because y'all are normally the some of the greatest fans in the world, but y'all look like total babies. Total babies at the end of this. Your team lost Drew Brees is sitting back, kicked back in his home, chilling, because he knows he has taken zero heat. No one has brought up that killer duck he tossed in the air in overtime. No one's brought it up. That dude has skated like, I mean, dude has skated like Nancy Kerrigan. I can't name a a figure skater who's hot right now. Sorry, so I had to go back into the archives for that one. But he's skated like Nancy Kerrigan. He threw the type of interception that used to get guys calling his house with threats or making Twitter threats. Not that I'm saying he deserves any of those. But generally, that's what would happen if you make a gaffe like that in 2019. No one even brings it up. That's how much he's gotten away with it. That's how much he got over. That's how much he skated. He threw a brutal pick at home, in overtime, driving for the win and the Super Bowl, and he has gotten zero heat for it. Zero heat like the Midwest in January. No heat. None. He has skated. He deserves a gold medal for skating the way he did. Sorry, Saints fans. You can have your boycotts and your demonstrations and your hissy fits. The Saints blew that game. The refs didn't. The refs blew the call. But you shouldn't have been in a 20-20 tie when you were up 13. You should have been up 21. You shouldn't have been in overtime when you were up 23-20 and couldn't get the Rams off the field for the field goal. You shouldn't have been in overtime turning the ball over to put them in position for this kicker who could apparently hit a 70-yard field goal if you gave him the opportunity. It's on you. And no level of changing the overtime rules, this this whack, lame, let's change the overtime rules so Patrick Mahomes can get the ball. If the Chiefs really wanted Patrick Mahomes to get the damn ball, they would have found a way to get off the field. You wouldn't have given up two third and nines and a third and ten to a broken down Patriot team that, as we saw in the Super Bowl, can't really score. And you let that team walk right down the field on you in the midst of the biggest game that franchise has played in 50 years. The best chance the Kansas City Chiefs have had to make a Super Bowl in 50 years. They ain't been to a Super Bowl since was it Super Bowl four? Was it four or five? I think it was. They ain't been to a Super Bowl since Nixon was in office. They've only been to the AFC Championship game, I think, once or twice since then, and both of them were on the road. You're at home you come back after you spotted them the lead. You came back, had a magnificent fourth quarter. They get the ball to start OT, and they never get off the field because your defense didn't do bupkis. Come on, y'all. Oh, let's change overtime so Mahomes get the ball. Or how about you just play defense for three plays? The Rams managed to do so. The Rams found a way to get off the damn field. And you want to know why I'm right about this? Because the Chiefs fired their defensive coordinator the next day after their defense couldn't get the hell off the field in overtime, couldn't get the hell off the field late in the game. Y'all know I'm right. Y'all know I am. I mean, it's that lame, weak little logic that's about as lame and as weak as the Detroit Pistons thinking that making the playoffs is a good idea. It's like we were just going down this road a year ago with them. The Detroit Pistons, who are effectively and ostensibly the New York Knicks of the Midwest, They're this once-proud franchise, albeit the Pistons have been far more successful as a franchise than the Knicks, and that's not even debatable. But they were this once-proud franchise that has won championships, again, have won championships in most of our lifetimes as opposed to Knicks fans who none of them were actually alive when Willis Reed came through that tunnel. The Pistons have been champions as recently as 15 years ago. Now, they're nothing but this hollow mess of a team who has a hollow mess of an owner in Tom Gorris, who seems for some bizarre reason to think that just making the playoffs is all everybody wants. That's that loser Detroit Lion logic. I half expect if the Pistons somehow backed into a playoff spot, which if they got in, they would likely be four or five games under 500. They would get in as an eighth seed, maybe if they're lucky the seven, where you come in as an eighth seed, guess who's waiting on you? Giannis. Antetokounmpo, and I have been practicing that name. Giannis Antetokounmpo and the suddenly frightening Milwaukee Bucks. Really? So you want to go through this whole season and what? Win 38 games? 39 games? 37 games? Maybe 36? The way the East is at the bottom, you could be damn near 10 under 500 and still get in. Congratulations. Here's four games with the Bucks. You get two at home. I guarantee neither will sell out. And then what? You quote made the playoffs, but what about playoff experience? They got there in 2016. They got swept. They ain't been back since. So much for playoff experience, dog. I I kind of wonder if Tom Gorris thinks that the NBA playoffs are like the NCAA tournament, where they think all you got to do is just get in and you can get hot and go on a run. He does know that these game that the NBA playoffs are not single elimination, right? That you got to you got to win four out of seven, and there's not a team in the Eastern Conference, especially in the top half, and I'm gonna count whoever number five turns out to be, whether it's the the Pacers or whoever. There's not a team in the top half of the Eastern Conference that the Pistons can beat four times in a seven-game series. Arguably, there's not a team in the top half of the Eastern Conference that they can beat twice in a seven-game series. You think they're beating Milwaukee more than once? They haven't beaten them yet this year. Milwaukee's waxed them four straight times. You think Toronto is going to drop four games to the Pistons? No. You think they're dropping two? No. Think Boston is going to drop four games to the Pistons? No. Boston damn near got to the finals last year without their two best players. They didn't have Kyrie Irving, and they didn't have Gordon Hayward. And they still should have made it to the NBA finals. You think the Pistons are going to beat the Sixers four times in a seven-game series? No. Just getting to the playoffs, what kind of loser mentality is that? That's the type of thing where I can imagine Goris taking a page out of the Lions book and raising a playoff banner if they somehow got in at 36 wins and got smashed in the playoffs. They are the Midwest Knicks. And one and one other thing, since I'm on the subject of the Knicks very briefly before I, before I shut this puppy down. You know Kevin Durant's not going to New York, right? I'm so confident about that that I'm saying it on this podcast. And, and I'm daring you to replay it. Kevin Durant is not going to go to the New York Knicks. Nobody will. And the sooner y'all get that through your thick skulls, the better off we'll be. I've never seen a professional sports franchise that has done less and gets spoken of in such glowing elite terms as the New York Knicks do. This Knick franchise, which has not won an NBA title in almost 50 years, which has not been functionally relevant in nearly 20 years, is always brought up as a major free agent destination. They're always brought up as one of the blue blood teams in the NBA before people mention the Pistons or the Bulls or the Spurs. They're always bringing up the damn Knicks. And I'm tired of it. Oh, the Knicks are setting themselves up to get Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and and Kemba Walker. None of them are going to go there. Name the last major in his prime free agent. To go to the New York Knicks. You probably have to go back to the 1980s. It's been a while. Ain't nobody going to play for the Knicks in the 21st century, B. It ain't happening. Not when you have a better opportunity in Philadelphia. Not when you have better options in Boston. Yes, even Boston, which used to never get free agents. And we all know why. Hell, I'd be, if a team in New York was gonna get some sort of premier free agent, It would be the Brooklyn Nets. Charmaine Nero will surely appreciate me saying that. It would be the Brooklyn Nets before the New York Knicks. The Knicks have been hot dog water for 20 years. And yet every single year I have to hear about, oh, the Knicks are, they're in the hunt for this, for Anthony Davis. They're in the hunt for this big name free agent. And that free agent never goes there. They weren't going to get LeBron. They were never going to get Jordan. They're not getting Durant. They're not getting Anthony Davis. They're not getting Kyrie Irving. They're going to be the same old sorry-ass Knicks. They need to build that team through the draft. They need to do what the Pistons have been refusing to do and build that team through the draft. For for F's sake, stop talking to me about the damn New York Knicks. One thing I want to talk to you all about as we start to head out of here, though, is JSC Radio is back, if you didn't guess. Like I said, party's not over.
1: It ain't over.
0: In fact, we're taking this show on the road again. Last time we were on the road, it was to New York City. New York City! But now, we're heading down south, to the deep south. We're heading down to the Daytona 500. That's right, JSC Radio is heading to the Daytona 500. And I'm going to be talking to last year's runner-up of the Daytona 500, one Mr. Bubba Wallace. Oh, I got a big namer coming on this show. I'll be talking to Bubba Wallace. I'll be getting some sights and sounds from down there. I'm going to give you at least one episode from Florida. Next week, I head down. This is a major opportunity. I want to thank the people at NASCAR for helping set this up. There's going to be something from me and Vibe Magazine about this as well. So I want to big up everyone over there at NASCAR who's made this possible. The Daytona 500 is going to be next Sunday, the 17th of February. On Fox, it's the biggest NASCAR event of the year. It's their Super Bowl, the Daytona 500 from the Daytona International Speedway down in Florida, and your boy will be there, bringing you JSC Radio. My name is Jay Scott Smith. Telling you to take care of yourself. God bless. Always dare to be different. Always have your pets spayed or neutered. Remember, adopt but don't shop and we are out of here it's good to be back i thank you for your support and we're getting ready to take this thing to new heights in 2019 so until next time from florida goodbye everybody
1: there it is the dynasty continues
0: New England. New England. New England. It ain't You're listening to The People's Podcast.
1: I was honest. Was I brutally honest? Yes. But I think that that's the problem. Everybody's so scared to be honest with one another.
0: This is JSC Radio.
1: I heard on the news about that five-year-old who found his uncle's gun. The kid didn't know it was loaded.
0: I heard on the news about that 14-year-old girl who was bullied online. For like a year, she couldn't take it anymore, so she got her dad's gun from his nightstand.
1: I heard on the news about that guy who broke into someone's house, stole a gun from the hall closet. He accidentally shot his cousin in the head.
0: She killed herself.
1: And later, killed the owner of the store he was trying to rob.